What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Mongols brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Josh, Justin, and Steve. Gentlemen, let's, let's, let's go positive. Let's go positive. Josh, give me something positive from the weekend. Uh, let's see here. I went to the Renaissance Festival the last weekend of it uh, and didn't get rained on somehow. Uh, so that was that was fun. A little cool. bit of nerdiness on Sunday. Hey, listen, uh, Saturday, there was like a um, it was like a fishing community thing that was like a half hour from here. And when we were driving back, there was a bunch of cars parked in an open field. And we we're like, what is going on? And so I'm like driving and my kids are looking back and they're going, are they LARPing? I think they're LARPing. And they got like <laughs> super excited because like there were people dressed up in, you know, traditional garb just going at it. And it was. Yeah. So I get it. Justin, how about you? Anything going on this weekend? Um, yeah, not really this past weekend, but uh, Brighton's back this weekend with a new coach. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm excited about that, actually, despite the frustration with That's Steve's nice. team. I had, that, um, I had that flag back there. <laughs> yeah. um, despite that frustration, uh, we're back with a new coach, and uh, I'm excited for the Premier League. I mean, Premier League came back, but like because... Brighton had a game canceled. You know, uh, it's been a long time since Brighton has played a soccer game. So excited to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with Brighton. I felt bad about, you know, the whole thing and how it went down. And Steve, you're not allowed to talk about it. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you guys are when are you guys heading over there? Are you still heading over? Yeah, yeah we're still headed over uh, middle of October. Um, nice. And uh, if you want to talk about club culture for a second and just uh, frustration, uh, Brighton came out today and said basically like, hey, if your name is not the one on the ticket, when you show up at the away ground, like we're not giving you your ticket and we're not letting you in. Um, and so we're not exactly <laughs> we're not exactly sure if our names are on the ticket at the because uh, we're going to two games. We're going to the uh, Brighton away game at Brentford and then the home game against Nottingham Forest. And uh, we're not exactly sure if our names are actually on the ticket for the uh, Brentford game. So uh, we're going to try to figure that out over the next couple of weeks and figure out if we should even show up to that game or not. So, um, huh. But either way, we're going to have a good time. And I'm excited to uh, get to see Brighton in their stadium and be there live and all of that. And then we'll see what happens with the away game. So uh, we're headed over middle of October. So. I mean, at least you sort of know in advance, because if you would have gotten there and you got to the gate and they're like, nope, you just can't get in. I mean, at least now you have expected you got to get in. But like, at least yeah. the expectation is there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's frustrating because it's just like they I mean, I guess they've had problems with it in the past where they've sold like 6000 tickets for an away game at a big stadium and then only like 900 people show up. And so they're trying to reduce that because people are just buying tickets to get their loyalty points um, so that oh. they can get tickets earlier at future games uh, and then not showing up to the game. Um, and so they're trying to get it to a place where those fans that actually are going to buy tickets and actually show up at the game are actually going to do that. And so I understand all of that. I get the whole thing, but it's annoying when they've started with a game that the tickets have already sold for. Like if you're going to do that, wait until you get to a game where the tickets haven't been sold yet and then do it, but whatever, we'll figure it out. We're still going to England, so either way, I'm excited about it. Cool. And there's no like Ticketmaster, like digital tickets, anything like that. Like they couldn't send them. No, to you? I've I've learned in the last couple of weeks that it's very hard to resell tickets in England. Um, so 
our other like ex- outing extravaganza, I guess, while we're there, is we're going to see Hamilton on the West End, and Ooh. which is you know Broadway. Um, and they basically just say like you cannot resell your ticket if you need to get rid of your ticket. Um, there's ways you can do it, but you can't resell your ticket. So, um, yeah, it's it's just an interesting culture, um, and they they do the same thing with soccer games too. So, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting culture for sure. Going to watch Hamilton with the losing team—that's uh, that's yeah, interesting. exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Uh, finished putting a screen door on the front of my house this weekend, which is great. Uh, now that the weather's cool, uh, the joys of being an adult is what you're yeah. referring to. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun to, to put it in myself and whatnot. Um, uh, and then, uh, a couple of the businesses downtown hosted, uh, way better than I could have expected, uh, street festival on Saturday, which was just a blast. They had two stages side by side. So they were just able to go from one band to the other. Um, uh, the brewery coffee shop and, uh, the tap house, um, hosted it and got a few, got a bunch of sponsors and whatnot. So it was a, it was a great time to go down there on Saturday to jam bridge, um, which was pretty cool. Um, uh, one of my buddies in town, uh, his band played. So I got to see him up there playing his sax center stage. So just great thing to have this weekend. Um, and yeah, this, this week's starting it off, uh, again, real quick today was my first day teaching, uh, um, as just my co my group of students this semester. So our students break up into thirds and we each have a third of the students. So, um, yeah, great to be back in the classroom with students as well. Just absolutely love it when I get those opportunities. Have we been missing an opportunity to refer to you as the professor from I mean, like the past year that's plus? That's weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> professor it, Steve. So uh, it is, it is, uh, I've noticed it's, uh, it's fun, right? Uh, but it is weird when my students uh, address emails to Dr. Mattyace, and I'm just like, you can just call me Steve, right? And like today, one of the students was like, Doctor, uh, and I could tell she was not confident saying Mattyace without help. I was like, Steve, it's Steve, it's fine. <laughs> Doctor Professor, it is. That's yeah. your new nickname, Doctor <laughs> Professor, <laughs> Professor Docker. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Um, Josh, I saw you drinking something. Um, I know it wasn't a victory beverage, even though, you know, prior to the game, uh, 66% of people in our poll assumed Pittsburgh was going to win. Only 33% thought it was a draw. It, regardless of whether or not it is a victory beverage, you need it after (laughs) what happened in this one. I would argue if you put a poll up, to the home crowd and only 66% of them say we're going to win. That's actually a pretty damning poll because like 33% (laughs) of people are like, yeah, we're going to draw. And that's like a pretty large percentage for a very biased crowd. So uh, yeah, that was probably a sign of things to come. Uh, when that yeah. whole no, nobody had the gumption to say that OC would win, but uh, that's good. At least I mean, Twitter, Twitter folk tend to be rather optimistic. So I hit that top button and I did not feel confident hitting it. So it could have been even lower. <laughs> Listen, I mean, this is this, we're going to get to this, but we also put on another poll that basically said this was four games left. This was before OC trying to gauge how confident people are in terms of how many points we would get. The majority said that we would get a draw or two and end up with seven to 10 points out of these four. So 63% said that, um, 
yeah, picking up a draw against the worst of those four teams probably doesn't bode well for that either. Um, yeah, let's get into the game, guys. So the Hounds drew 1-1 with Orange County. Deke was scored four minutes in, and then we gave up the equalizer in the 90th minute. I'm just going to open the floor to thoughts. Justin, give me give me a thought or a hot take or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any hot takes from the game. It just was a poorly played game. I don't know. I like it just time and time again. And I, I know I haven't been on that much. I've been doing the game day previews, but I, I haven't been on that much. But I just feel like the Hounds are consistently playing to the level of their opponent. And it's just entirely too frustrating to watch over and over and over again. Uh, and this was another game where they played to the level of their opponent. That being said, um, it's hard to rate OC in the sense that even at this point, they're still in the playoffs. And like they're, they're still like within playoff, you know, because the West is so tight versus the East that's already separated into playoff and non-playoff. And so it's hard to like gauge where they actually are talent-wise if you would try to compare them to a team in the East. So that's the frustrating part about trying to gauge this game too. Steve, what do you think? Uh, I mean, this game in particular, I think Justin did a good job of summing up uh, the opposition, right? Like they're they're better than last place if they're in the East. They're probably closer to uh, on the playoff bubble, I think. Um, if not in the playoffs this season. I, so it, it, it's hard to look at that and say they're a bad team because I don't think they were a bad team. Um, but I I went back and I looked. Uh, August was the last time we scored more than two goals, more than an opponent, beginning of August, August 6th, I believe, right? Only five times have we outscored our opponents by two or more goals this season. Um, and I say that because I think that indicates that our goal differential, our ability to score more goals than our opponents frequently is just not there. And that was another evident thing because if their defense didn't fall apart and their keeper didn't make an absolutely astoundingly terrible decision to leave his net the way that he did, Deco doesn't score that goal probably. And they score in the 90th minute and maybe we don't even get a point out of this game because we can't find goals anywhere else. So what do we do with that? I just to be fair, me I mean, <laughs> to, I mean, to the Dequa goal, Dequa is, is pure energy. I mean, I think he's probably up there for MVP of the team mm-hmm. this year, at least in, in my mind. But even when he took that goal, I was like, that's not going in. Like he kind of like passed it to the far post and there was a defender there. And I was like, dude, you had the rest in the net. Like, yeah. so Josh thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost kind of want to make the joke about the, you know, the, the tale of two halves. This is really the tale of like the first five minutes versus the last five minutes. Uh, it, it was a situation where I felt like we didn't look terrible during this game. I know we played to our opponents too often, but I never really felt this whole game where I was like, man, we could lose it at any second now. We're, you know, the wheels are falling off, except for like that last like 15 minutes or 10 minutes where it just felt like we kept on lagging behind looked tired looked like we were ready to go to the locker room and it was just crazy because it's like we looked good the whole game or at least decent enough like hey remember 
uh, we used to always get one zero victories. And that was like expected the Lily special. And like you, you kind of felt like, OK, we're up a goal. We can close this game out. In fact, we were talking about that in me and uh, Bestie uh right for the goal uh <laughs> where it was just so like it was your fault got it no nah, uh, there was a lot yeah. of people <laughs> yeah okay okay but anyway Bessie was talking about that and it's like yeah but i just this this team like you can't trust to hold that lead and then sure enough boom you know we get the surprise goal not that surprising though um yeah it's just a situation where this team looked really 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 tired at the very end and i just don't get why that is like we're we're not playing against top level teams here like you should be able to close a game out it's not like we have a, a tight schedule right now or a lot of travel or any any of the excuses that the other team had we we don't have that but why were we tired 10 minutes before that goal we brought on three players yeah they're all our defensive minded players it's supposed to be playing defensively what like there's no reason for the team to be tired when you just have had an ejection of three fresh guys at that point. It's it's mind-boggling to me that that's what we saw. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to – and I don't want to, like – I don't know. I, wanna, I don't want to rag on any specific player. But, um, I mean, it is frustrating because I just don't feel like they're um, – and I know we talked about this a ton at the, the beginning of the season, and it felt like it at the beginning of the season – but I just don't – there's no depth on this team. And it's like when you start with the lineup we started with on, on Saturday, um, you know, with Cicerone, Dixon, and Dequa all out on the field, and then you start with Forbes, Mertz, and, and Griffin in the midfield, um, that's your best lineup. And it's it feels like a pretty steep drop-off at this point between any anybody else that you put on the field in those positions. Not to say that – players haven't had good games or flashed some good moments and different things like that. But if you're going to be a top level team in the USL in 2022, you've got to have players who can do more than flash good moments. Um, and, and OC is sort of proof of that. I mean, they're top scorers leading the golden boot and they're still in last place. So you can't rely on one player and you can't rely on just flashes. You have to have consistently good play. And it just doesn't feel like there is that, especially when we start making substitutions, when we start with the lineup we started with on Saturday. I'm starting to think that part of my issue with this team is just the, the performances. I keep thinking of this expectation of like, we want to be like this top team in the East and those expectations just aren't matching reality. And so I think regard like we could have won this game one nothing, and there would have been part of me that went, well, it was against the worst place team in the West. And like, are we making excuses for the fact that we only won one nothing? I think I, I personally just need to like reset and just be like, look, in all reality, you know, we're probably looking at four games left of the season. I don't see how we get into a playoff spot and win the playoff game at this point. So we basically have four games left. And if somebody disagrees with me, please feel free to say so. I know anything can happen, but, like, we got four games left. So my my thought process should probably just shift to just, like, one game at a time, take the game for what it is, just ignore everything else, and just see where it is. Because I, I – if I think too much about this entire season and sort of everything that builds into this next game, I'm just inevitably going to be disappointed, I think. So, 
Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Yeah, I mean yeah. the playoffs are so weird though, because like, yeah, you don't sure. know what's gonna happen. Anything could happen. Don't like, do that. Don't do that, Josh. Don't. No, do no, that. no. I'm just saying the <laughs> don't playoffs are the playoffs. Don't do that. It, it, you can have some hope for the playoffs because it's a one and done, and one and dones are crazy. Like upsets happen. I'm not saying it's likely. It's definitely not likely. But I, I don't. I'm not ready to give up on the whole season just because, you know, we've had a run of bad games. Like, I'm I'm still holding out hope for fourth place. Like, I I have no other ambitions other than fourth place because I want a home playoff game, and that's it. Like, <laughs> Josh, I desire what you desire, but I don't have hope for that. No, no, and like we're, we're getting lucky right now with the other teams and how they're performing because yeah, like they're hoping for well, sure. somehow we're in fifth place still, and like. Yeah, we have Detroit, you know, breathing down our neck, and we like there's there's a lot of you know build up pressure coming from below us right now to like push us even farther down. But somehow we're we're still in fifth place, and we're not that far away from fourth place. So like we can still jump with one game, and that's that, that's what I have to focus on. That's what's so crazy to me is um, I'm torn between. I keep wanting to get really down on this team and just be like, it's over. We're not going to get home playoff spot. And then like other teams start losing and just like things start falling our way. And in my mind, I'm ripped between, is it that we're actually not that bad? And like the standard of the Eastern conference is just so bad. Or is it just literally pure luck at this point? And we're just falling into it. I don't know. Um, yes. Again, it's that whole expectation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that whole Both. expectation thing. Like, Both. Yeah. Any and all. Yeah. 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 I guess we should probably go more into depth in the game itself. I don't know. If there's anything else that like I want to talk about. I was going to say. Does anybody have any positives from the game? Like anything that you thought was was decent? Jamali, wait. Yeah. Some yeah. Absolutely. Yeah fantastic plays uh denied them a couple of goals for that were looked like they were gonna be uh probable uh at least good chances and he just i mean there's that one save where he went down to his right down to the ground got a strong hand to it and palmed it out i mean just absolutely see his growth uh this season which was great to see it tested and not just feel that it was there let me let yeah. me ask you a question because um, I agree, but given Bob's track record, and I don't know where I stand on this, given Bob's track record, if you had the choice of keeping weight for next year, or bringing in somebody new and hoping that they become, you know, a Kyle Morton or a Danny Vitiello, which one would you take? <sighs> I'll take the. Devil, I know. I guess in that That's case, what I <laughs> <laughs> like it, only because I don't want to be sitting there a third of the way through the season asking who's our starting keeper again next year. If somebody comes in and competes with weight and wins the job from him, like uh, Vidiello did from Gomez, great. Like I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. But I mean, I, his option will get picked up, so I don't think it's a question I have to worry about. You say yeah. this, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of similar in the fact that um I I and that I, but I don't know if it's Bob's culture. I want to see consistency year over year over year. Yes. And that's where I feel like 
when you if you can keep your you know three out of the five center backs and wait and just keep going you know i feel like we've seen growth in wheat we've seen growth in ordonez we've seen Mm -hmm. you know jelani peters is what he is Mikel Williams is what he is, you know, and if you start to develop these consistent patterns, then um, I can see good things happening and they'll just get better as a, as a defensive unit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's not Bob's culture. So <laughs> I'm not sure that'll happen. Yeah. Consistency I mean, would be the name of the game. Like that's what I want to see. Like I, it's, as much as far as the back line and like, especially wait, like I just want to see them back because I want, to feel like we are building something and not mm-hmm. just rebuilding every year. And so like, do I think the best, you know, defensive line in the league right now? No, but I do think there's a lot of potential there. And the more they have time to play together, the, the more they gel and a second year could be great for some of these players. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I want consistency. So bring back as far as the back line goes, bring back everyone. <laughs> well, okay. It bring back a lot. <laughs> no, listen, this is, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have this conversation after the season's over. But there was something after that last game that has me worried that there's going to be some kind of shakeup at the end of this year. I don't of know what it's going to be, but I mean, it's just, are it's you just talking it's, on the field. Or are you talking coaching? I don't staff? know. Like you are you <laughs> thinking Lily leaving. Listen, I I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I don't I'm know what. Your feet to the coals here. Come on. What do you think? Okay, fine. No, listen. This has been what four years. Five years of Lily now, five years where of Lily. Yeah, five. it's you know it's looking like it's going to be another get into the playoffs and you're out. In the past five years, we've made the playoffs every year. Only once have we made it past the first round. So, like at a certain point, you start looking at some of these other teams that are bringing in new guys that are pulling a Memphis. Or we had a whole conversation in Slack about you know the Tampa's and the Memphises and the Louisville's and you got to be looking at those teams and going, what are we doing wrong? So I I think the difference, and I don't know if this is a top down issue, but I'm just not convinced until something changes that Tuffy is willing to replace Bob Lilly with both responsibilities, because I don't think you're going to find another guy that does the coaching and the director of football roles so well at that cost. So you either have to hire two people, somebody that is in charge of overseeing the soccer operations and then a coach, or you've got to stick with Bob Lilly. So I'm just not convinced that Tuffy's willing to make that call right now because that's why those other teams are doing so well. They've got a cohesive vision set from someone who is there to be the person overseeing soccer. I mean, when Jeff was on, he was talking about that out at a... Or was he OC? OC. Yeah, OC, right? Um, But they had his role and somebody else on the soccer side of things. And then they had the coach. So I I just don't know that things are there organizationally. I would love to be wrong and see the organization appoint someone as a operations guy. Whether that's with Bob or not, I don't think it matters as much. But to take that step, that's the next step from an organizational perspective. There are other steps from a player yeah retention perspective i think that are also relevant but i got a lot of thoughts on that i think (laughs) if it wasn't for jeff i would be completely in the corner of lily's not going anywhere the reason i say that is because i feel like if if tuffy was still being the president slash owner 
I don't know if he has like the ideas of like where the heck do I find another coach? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how much into that he would be. But now that we have someone who actually has experience in USL, that's a little bit different with with Jeff because now you know before like if it was still uh, Vic, it, he, he came from baseball. He didn't really have USL like mm-hmm. soccer knowledge as much. So it's just like I'm, I'm as clueless as you are. You know what I mean? Talking to Tuffy, but like you have Jeff, you have someone who actually knows the league and probably has connections and has people he can call and you know ideas floating around. That's more likely. No, I don't. I don't think we're there. Like I don't think it's like Lily out. And I, I'm not. You know, advocating for Lily out. But if the decision, if it had to come to it, I feel like it could happen now, whereas before it couldn't. And sure. Steve kind of brought up an interesting idea where, like, what if it's not Lily out? What if it's Lily as a, you know, uh, recruitment guy, as a, you know, a scout guy, a guy who's actually doing that part of it? And the coaching mm-hmm. is someone new. Lily's still in the organization, but not as the coach. That's that's an interesting idea, and that's more appealing to me than Lily out. Yeah. Justin, any thoughts before we move on? No, not really. I mean, yeah, <laughs> not really. You guys, you guys said it all. I'm not a, I'm not. I don't want to come off as Lily out because I'm not. But I also think um, you can stick with your guy too long. And um, my concern is we have Lily, who's mentoring a coach who seems to be on the up and up, and they're. You know, they've kind of said in different ways that they think that Visser is head coach potential and all of that kind of stuff. And so if you lose that guy because Lily sticks around too long, that's going to be an unfortunate scenario. Um, but we'll see. Kerr's not ready yet? Kevin Kerr? I don't know. Not, not coach <laughs> yet? Hey, listen, Dan Visser head Kevin Kerr assistant? Like, that's yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, look, that... None I'm of us here are saying Lily out. <laughs> We're just like, no. just, yeah. We'll wait and see. It's a but I am moment. asking the question if that becomes a conversation point at right. some point. Yes. If things don't drastically improve. And when is that is the question. Right. We joke about it all the time. But when as fans do we start saying this isn't good enough anymore? Sure. He's made massive strides from where the team was before he was here. Well, we want more. So let's see something more than that. And it's really hard, though, both the two years of weirdness, because like you have obviously the COVID year, which is a messed up year. So like that one, it's hard to hold him, you know, accountable. And then you had the COVID uh, epidemic uh, breakout within the Hounds. Like you can't hold him responsible for that one either. We don't know where we would have ended up in those playoffs. So it's like two of his five years is kind of like a wash and not something that he had any control over. So at that point, you're like, yeah, it feels like we've, you know, been waiting forever. But at the same time, it's like he has like this is his third now opportunity. Um, That's fair. Where, Yeah. So it's like it, it, it is hard because it does feel mm-hmm. like we've been waiting for a long time and with no result in the playoff. Let's uh let's get into some of the fan questions. So uh, as usual with the home games, Liz floats around at halftime, and every week she calls this some other name of a segment, and we're just gonna start honoring that. We're not gonna call it. I can't remember what we called it last time, but I left in her naming it in this one. So let's just dive into some of the fan questions, and uh, we'll go from there. The intermission interrogation. Let's see if we can find some people. 
We're starting off hot. Who are you and what's your question? Hi, I'm Tony. I'm a, sorry, uh, I'm Tony. And why does Robbie Mertz start every week when he's consistently our worst player on the field? Guys, you have to answer. No cop-outs. So the intermission interrogation is what we're calling it this week. Um, Oi, uh, yeah, that one, he's pulling no punches. So uh, does that, who wants, first of all, I, I think we could all make the case that Robbie Mertz is not our worst player. Does anyone disagree with that? See, that's my gut. But then if I had to like rank players, uh, I wouldn't okay. put him last, but I don't no, know who no, I he... put beneath them. I feel like they're all kind of like the same. I, I will say he's not our worst player, but I, I think there is an argument to be made that out of our starting lineup, who's our strongest players in our starting lineup, and Mertz has not been doing that hot since coming back. Um, I don't know if this is more of a situation of like he's had less time to gel with this team, and like this team wasn't built with him in mind like he wasn't a factor in the building of this team and then he comes on so it's like kind of like you know a just a situation where the, the puzzle pieces don't fit together because it wasn't made for him so it, it, it could be a situation where that's the the reasoning behind it but i do think there is a case to be made that Mertz has not been performing to the standard we thought he would when he came back and it is concerning I'm not mm. concerned. Why not? I I mean, so sure. I think the transition has been slower than I'd like to see. Um, but I think there have been a number of times in the past few games where he's been doing all of the right things to get himself into the box on t- like in at the correct time to get on the end of balls, driving at the box with the ball at his feet, making good pass. So he's, he's doing things moving forward um, that, I think some of our other players were not seeing do at all. Um, he had a great opportunity uh, in this past game and uh, a second defender came flying across and had to slide and just got enough on it to keep it out of goal. That, that would have, the keeper wasn't saving that if that defender wasn't there. So I, I, I think it's, it's those little things that sure gelling with the team is important and he hasn't had that, but to say that he's our worst or he's not even very good in this team. I, I'm not concerned about that. He's, I mean, had he been here three months earlier, I think we'd be looking at him and be like, Oh man, he's look at, he's back to the old Robbie Mertz at this point. I think my question and Justin, I don't know if you have an answer to this or not is if it's not, if, if you're not playing Mertz, who are you playing? Yeah. Like I, I mean, that's, that's my, that's similar <laughs> to my question. One, my second thing is I'm after watching the three of them for several years now, I'm not sure any of our midfielders are actually being played in the right position all the time. I'm not sure if we have like an out and out defensive midfielder. And so mm-hmm. that that's a struggle for any of those guys to sit back, you know, between Griffin Forbes and Mertz, it's a struggle for any of them to sit back and, play defensive midfield mm-hmm. so that's a that's that's a concern for me and then on the flip side of that flip side of midfield i'm not even sure we have an out and out number 10 and what concerns me about that is i think mertz is playing that role and he's playing it as well as he can as 
what I would consider him a shuttling number eight. And they can get assists at times and they can be offensive and they can be, but I just looking at some of the other teams in the league and the players that they have sitting right behind their strikers, feeding their strikers. That's where I think we could be potentially missing a piece there. And you can kind of cover your defensive midfielders by playing two kind of shuttling box to box midfielders and, and figuring that out. Mm -hmm. But I'm just not sure we have that creative midfielder that the problem for the hounds is they're expensive. (laughs) And so if the hounds aren't going to be willing to pony up and pay a number 10, they're not going to get a number 10. And so that's, so I feel like you could be looking at merch and you could say he's terrible. Well, as a 10, he's probably not that good as an eight. He's good. And, um, Mm -hmm. I want to see him played in that position more than I want to see him trying to be the string puller. Yeah. Yeah. You saying sort of an out and out defensive midfielder just made me think of like, can you imagine a midfield of like Danny Earls sitting in front of that back line? And then you have sort of Mertz and Griffin flanking him as sort of like ball shuttling eights like that. If you're not going to get a 10, like that could, that takes some of the pressure off of them from scoring and just sort of creating and, that could be very interesting. When was the last time we had a true defensive midfielder? Danny Earls? I, I was going to say Dabo. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. but then Bob started playing him as a false 10, putting pressure as the most advanced midfield. Like, So, again, players out of position, not doing what they're best at. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know that I can name the, next, the last time we had an out-and-out. <laughs> defensive it's probably been pre-Bob because I think that that's Bob's yeah. kind of and I haven't gone back to watch like Rochester games but I think that's Bob's mojo is just having players who can play multiple positions that if you need to move some things around you can drop players in different positions you know you see it with Dixon you see it with Zeroni you know you see it kind of all over the field right mm-hmm. Wheat has played center back and outside back and so I think you that's just Bob's mojo and I just so I don't know that we're ever going to get to that point where we see guys playing a position and sticking in that position, but Bob's been successful in the past. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, before we get off the Mertz uh, conversation, uh, Mertz going for headers, like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. I, I felt like there was a couple header tries in this game where I was like, why are you? D- you're the shortest player on the field. Don't go for the header. Like because nobody listen, else is there. I, I, I was just listen. For the sad. I know. I agree with you there. It's not exactly his fault. It's just the fact that like they're going into the box and he's the only one who's open. It's like, why is Mertz the one going for the headers? Like consistently the shortest player on the team, and he's the one going in. I, I 100% agree with you, but if he wasn't going for them, we'd be like, why isn't Merce going for headers? Like, it's, that's, uh, that's, fair, that's fair. That's fair. He I'm also I'm doing a little bit of reverse psychology here because last time I complained about someone taking headers and not being very good at it, it was Joe Greenspan, and he got headers afterwards. So, you know, a little bit of a, <laughs> a call out there. Robbie, Robbie Mertz, two header goals this weekend. Yes, yeah, that's right. Good. Here it comes. It's going to happen. <laughs> Next question. We have an interloper asking questions. Who are you and what's your question? Hey, my name is Andrew. I'm uh, from Detroit, the outskirts. I have a question about how Pittsburgh feels about Detroit FC. Yeah, guys. And uh, how do you feel about their supporters group? Make friends, not enemies. <laughs> so what do we what do we think about Detroit? 
Um, I guess I'll I'll sort of start, and then we'll just sort of go around the horn here. I personally have no issue with Detroit. I think that having them as a rival is great. I think having fans that are willing to travel is great. I know there was some weird stuff with us going there, and that their fans have some weird stuff that happens, and they sort of have a chip on their shoulder, but it's not – None of that was at the level where I like openly hate them in the way that I have like indie and like indies fans in the past, just because of their complete lack of knowledge of soccer, which does not seem to be the case in Detroit. So I'm all for having a team that we are battling with in the play in, in positioning all season and we battle with on the field and have fans that, you know, when we get together, we can sort of hate on each other, but afterwards we sort of acknowledge that we're, two good groups and and that's that so i have no issue with it josh what, what's your take a little less positive than that um <laughs> I, I feel like there's there, there's two detroit supporters fans in my my head there's the keyboard warrior types that are just seems like they on social media all they do is talk crap about everyone and anyone and have nothing to back it up and then they always have like oh everyone hates us I'm like yeah because you're jerks to everyone like that's why people hate you and they're like, fragile and they are exactly they're fragile and what makes it even worse is the fact that like like hearing stories even from their own supporters uh you know not you know, calling out andrew here but anyway uh hearing stories where it's like oh yeah the club asked them to like you know not curse uh as much during the game because they're getting fines and like there's issues and like them saying no because all you want to do is make money it's like yeah it's a pro team they want to make money like i don't understand this mentality <clears throat> where it's like if you want to be a pub club be a pub club and like go support you know a fourth division team that is not even pro but like if you want to support a pro team they're going to have to make some money and they're going to have to follow some rules, get over it, quit being a high and mighty about it. Like that kind of stuff just makes me so upset at the, the, the lack of support for your own club when they're asking for help or they need something from you, like not to be able to meet them anywhere. It's just like that that's calling to me. Mm -hmm. So there's that side. But then I think like 99% of the fans in the, in the stands know nothing about that crap. They're just there to have a good time and they support their club and they they're loud and they're fun. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's great. The atmosphere looking at those games is fantastic. Um, yeah. It's just the ones that are, you know, online and it seems to be only thing that they have is a personality trait about cursing. And that's their whole personality is, <laughs> is the part that upsets me. I, to be fair. Was there not like an era in the Steel Army where not the money thing, but like the cursing thing in the like, we don't really care. Like, wasn't that a thing or am I making that up in my in, in my head? I feel like every supporters group has this conversation with their club and there's always like a, a place in the middle to meet where it's like, OK, don't curse on the megaphone. I get it. Like, you know, we can't like be yelling it. Uh, organized cursing can be uh, an issue like, you know but there's ways songs and stuff yeah there. exactly like there's ways around it there's like official lyrics for songs like you can do stuff but the problem is like not even being able to do the bare minimum we're just like nope this is what we're saying f you it's like all right well, i guess we're getting fined every single game and we're, you know we're not gonna be able to make any money and even though we're selling out crowds in the stands we're getting fines constantly like at some point you're not helping your club at all justin thoughts yeah. on detroit all right I will say I don't necessarily like their identity, but clubs that come into the league with an identity, 
uh, are good for the league. And yep. I think, you know, it's just that's what's been fun about kind of just the recent expansion in USL. I think Detroit has a good identity. Uh, Oakland has a good identity. You know, Las Vegas made some headlines for a couple years to, you know, that brought attention to USL. And so I think, like, those are all good for the league. Long term, I don't know. But, like, in the short term, when you're trying to gain notoriety, get from third division to second division or whatever, like, all of that stuff helps you um, mm-hmm. and gets butts and seats. So I am I have really no problem with it because I like teams that come in with an identity. That being said, I don't particularly love Detroit's identity. So it is what it is. That's fair. Steve? So, uh yeah, like I, I'm thrilled to have them in the league. Uh, I like that it seems that there's starting to be a good uh, on-field and off-field rivalry. Um, it was a great away trip, uh, minus breaking my phone screen. Right, that was that was the negative. Um, uh, trying to get a video of uh, Jesse uh, with the fans on the other side chugging a beer through his uh, through his. Uh, skin tight full steel army suit right um at at the request of one of the detroit fans that contacted him was like hey i'll buy you a beer if you'll drink it through your suit and i was like i gotta i gotta video this right like why not how can we not enjoy this um uh and the fans were all really pleasant thrilled to have us overall um i mean a few of the fans heckled us as we walked through and it was mostly good good natured and the ones that weren't a couple people were like yo shut up and uh they're here having fun don't be jerks to them uh so so that was good i i will say some of their stadium rules were you got to be kidding me um their security woman that was near our section was very nice about it. But come on, we can't step forward and like lean against the fence and shout, like cheer on our team. We've got to be back. And like that really was like, come on, you got to be like, to be fair, that everybody's fence was well behaved. Fall off. So that's huh? why they, to be fair, that fence was about ready to fall. That's why they said we can't lean against the fence because it was very loose. Just putting the banner up on the fence I was like, wow, this is like, oh, okay. Like, don't maybe don't lean forward on this thing. So I, I so kind of get it. I was not but yeah. at the wheel of a car that day. So maybe I just was not aware of that because I wasn't at the wheel of a car. Fair enough. So overall, it seems like thumbs up on Detroit, sort of thumbs middle to down on sort of whether or not we fully support but yeah we're happy they're here and uh oh yeah give us the rivalry it's great for sure next question tyler and my question is do you like hollow notes i what do you like hollow notes that's not soccer related you lied to me i've been lying i've been bamboozled i still have to answer because he really wants to know so good luck I left this in here just because of Liz's reaction. I felt like I had to. Um, so thanks, Liz, for, I guess, sort of kind of standing up for us by saying she'd been bamboozled. Um, I guess just a simple uh, yes or no to Hall & Oates. Josh, yes yes or no? Not really. <laughs> Justin? No. no, I don't think I can name it Tom. Steve? Huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm unfortunately a no too. Like I, I just didn't grow up with hollow notes music. I know a lot of people who have, and I know that there are songs that play that my wife's like, who she'll quiz me. She'll be like, who is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. And she'll be like, Oh, that's hollow notes. And I'm like, Oh, cool. But I couldn't, I'm like, I couldn't tell you a song right now. So but, I don't know. I mean, Josh and I are the oldest ones around in this group. And 
we were born after most of their stuff was produced. So it's not like we grew up with them as a group that we would have listened to along with most of the mid nineties, early 2000 stuff that most of us are probably much more familiar with. So it would have been on the classic radio or eighties radio station that I didn't listen to that. I feel like the reference here, I'm guessing I actually don't know Tyler. Who is Tyler? Okay. I'm trying to think of who asked it, but the come on Eileen is one of the songs, right? That's hollow notes, right? Oh, wow. Everyone's yeah. I'm 99% positive. Come on Eileen. Come on Eileen is a song that the steel army used to sing all the time. Uh, it would be one of the songs that you would put on the jukebox at like a away bar and that kind of stuff. And it was started on an away trip because there was someone on the bus named Eileen and the drunken steel army started singing, come on Eileen. And that became like a thing. And this was like way back. This is like before Highmark era. So I remember the story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing that's the reference here. Why they asked about uh hollow notes or it's just also... a happy coincidence. I also saw you, Josh, just sort of like staring at the camera, and I felt like you were staring into my soul when Steve said that you two were the oldest here. I thought you were just waiting for for, for me to speak up and be like, actually, Mike is like, you know, the same age, if not older. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm up there with you guys. Don't worry. Uh, let's go to last question. Put up for me. Name and question, please. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I have one question. It is, why do they consistently take Cicerone out for the second half? Huge mistake, guys. We know that uh, Russ likes to bring it to the net. All right. That's it. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. So uh, asking about why we take off Cicerone, I feel like I asked this exact same question maybe two weeks ago, and I felt like Steve, you had – Steve or Justin, one of you guys had some kind of response. So does do one of you guys want to give some thoughts to this first? Was this in Slack? Did I respond to this in Slack? <laughs> I think, I think you so. did. Um, I, I don't even remember what I said. Um, I'm going to guess it was something along the lines of uh, he's getting tired at that point in the game. He puts in a lot of work. Um, is it better to have a really tired Russ who's frustrated and not putting in a lot of effort or putting in somebody fresh? Yeah. When he... I, I, Okay, I think, yeah, as I'm, as I'm thinking back, I think what I had said was something along the lines of he seems to uh, get to a point where he slows down when he gets he's not getting the results he wants and he's not putting in the same effort as he is early in the game. It was something along that lines. I mean, there's very few teams. Like, if you watch soccer around the world, there's very few teams that will keep their leading line in the whole game. And so, like, should Russ be the sub every time? I'm not sure. But, like, you know, I, and especially with Russ playing outside a little bit more, like, those guys get shoved all the time. And so I'm not surprised that he gets, I'm not surprised they get subbed off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wish they would shift into the middle of the field and then put somebody else on the outside and take somebody else off. But, you know, I don't know. I'm not surprised when he gets taken off. There were a few games earlier this season where they shifted him into sort of the number 10 position. And I mm -hmm. vaguely remember us having, like we had sort of a different look to us and it wasn't terrible. So that's an interesting idea. Just sort of drop him back a hair and not have him, you know, trying to make all these crazy runs from the outside into the box. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, listen, I think, I think that's one of those things that we're going to have to sort out 
in the offseason. Justin, I get your point that, you know, most teams have to take out sort of their leading line partway through the game. But if we have a bunch of players that can't go more than 70, like that's a problem. Like you need to have guys that are going to go 90 plus and be effective. And so if every single week it's like, well, I know I'm going to get 60 to 70. And then I know I got to bring on these guys that are a step down. Then like, that's not really a great trade-off. So I don't know, Josh, do you have any thoughts? Hmm. He's tired. I mean, like he gets tired and game. like you can see, like he's just lagging behind in the game. It's like, okay, take him off. Like it's, it's not that sad. I mean, it's not that bad of a situation. Like after being, you know, forward and, and running for the whole game. Yeah. They're, they're going to get tired and taking them off. Uh, also, I completely butchered the story about uh, Eileen. It's actually Cecilia. It's a song. That's a Simon and Garfunkel song, not a Hall and song. So I wow. got all that wrong. I just realized that. So I'm like sitting here, like listening to you guys talk. I'm like Cecilia, you're breaking. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. It's Cecilia, not Eileen. So rewind, stop play. I had no no thing about pre Highmark era. <laughs> got that all wrong. Somebody, some actually, you know, all of the uh, San Antonio fans that are listening to this, trying to get a scoop on the game, are like, "Who are these guys? What are they talking about all notes?" And, 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 yeah, I'm in Garfunkel for. Oh, I will man. say, well, I, I, I will just say very quickly, Cicerone has played 90, 11 times this season, so it's not like he gets subbed every game either. So, he, was that at the beginning? Or like, how often was it? Like recently, I'm guessing no, it was. It's, all it was no, it was pretty spread out throughout the season. I mean, it's definitely okay. more concentrated. There was a there was a time in the summer where he went three straight nineties, um, but other than that, it's been pretty like spread out over the course of the season. I think I get Olivia's sentiment there, where it gets frustrating. Where if you feel like you're pushing for a goal to take off a player like Ciceroni, feels counterintuitive because he's he's going to be one of the key guys getting you opportunities. And so to see him come off in the seventieth minute when you're pressing for a goal. It's just like, what the heck are we doing? So I get it. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, sorry, I just saw Liz's comment in the uh, in the chat saying there is a Mongols sticker gracing the stadium now. Does that mean our stadium or does that mean somewhere else? Oh, yeah, it's our stadium. So so is this like what Tyler or Tony or he asked a question about music didn't cherish the prize. So I guess it's now at Highmark. Cool. 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 Um, I guess that's your reminder. If you want to get on the show, find Liz at halftime and you will get a sticker for your efforts as well as getting on the show and we'll answer your questions. So thank you to everyone for your questions. You know, even though we don't really know Hall and Oates. Um, yeah, guys, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about standings and, uh, and sort of upcoming games and get on from there. So if we just take a quick glance at the East, all of the talk this weekend was that the cards were falling just right for us to make a push and be tied for third, and that's not the case. So had we won this game, we would have been in sort of a three-way tie with Tampa and Birmingham for that third spot. Uh, but without that, we are now two points back in fifth uh, with Detroit, two points behind us at sixth, um, and Miami is four behind us in seventh in that last spot. So... At this point, as we've said, every game counts uh, from here on out if we want any shot at a home field um, in the first round. But uh, 
it definitely does not get any easier. As we talked about the past few weeks, you know, it's all against Western Conference teams. And we did put out a poll where we asked people, what are your thoughts? And I'm interested in your guys' thoughts. And it might just be a simple like, like it or love it or hate it. Do you like the Hounds playing Western Conference teams? It, you know, we've talked a lot about how the rest of the season has just – there's no six-point swings because we're just playing Western Conference teams. So 73% of people said that they thought it was cool that we play Western Conference teams. So the vast majority said they like playing Western Conference teams. Justin, I know you referenced it on the preview. Overall, you know, this is the first time we really spent any substantial time against Western teams. How do you stand? Like it? Hate it? Um, I like it. I mean, I, I think it just brings, uh, as a fan, it just brings interest to the league um, when you're not just playing the same 14 teams every year. Uh, over and over again. So I, I like it. I don't I don't mind us playing. I don't like – I do feel like the league needs to figure out a way to front load them so that at the end of your season you're playing Eastern Conference games because mm-hmm. almost everybody above us has maybe more Eastern Conference games, but not really. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's I, I like it. I like playing Western Conference yeah. teams. Steve, you keep saying, yeah, you agree? Yeah, just not all at once. Uh, It doesn't even need to be front-loaded, like Justin said. It just needs to be spread out throughout the season. The fact that we've got, what is it, four out of our last five games, or just our last four games straight, um, yeah, it's just not – it's not fun to watch teams that we don't have a big – affinity or hatred for in terms of like, if, like there are teams like I want to play those teams. That's what I mean by an affinity, right? Like, like I like when we play Hartford, I don't like Hartford, but I have an affinity for the Hartford games. They're fun games to watch. Um, this isn't fun to watch at this point. It's fun to see those teams, but when it's just this for four games straight, I much, I care much less about these four games against Western teams than if it was one game against Western team and three against, uh, other teams in the playoff picture in the East. Yeah. Agreed. Looking at the Hound schedule, we only got technically three games left before the playoff starts. We're home against San Antonio uh, this weekend. And then we travel to play Sacramento the following Sunday. And then we are back home for the last game of the regular season against Oakland. Mm -hmm. Um, Got to give a shout out out to uh, our boy, Harry who uh, is uh, is sort of prodding us a little bit by being in the uh, in the comments saying that San Antonio is listening and taking notes. I don't think you need to take notes, Harry, in all honesty, because if we <laughs> if we look at the Western Conference standings, I think you guys are doing just fine. Um, you know, basically of the three remaining teams that we have left, San Antonio, who we play this weekend, have not only locked up a playoff spot, they locked up the top spot, I believe, uh, this past weekend. So they are the number one team in the West, uh, just cruising. And then we just sort of work our way down the table. The following week, we'll have Sacramento, who are currently sitting in fourth. Um, still haven't locked up a playoff spot yet. That's sort of where the East or the West is at. And then you have Oakland, who are currently beneath the playoff line. So you know they're going to come in needing three points. So none of these three games um, – if there was such thing as a gimme this season, none of these three games are going to be a gimme. So guys, let's just start with San Antonio. Cause you know, I don't want to look any further beyond that. I said, we're going to try to do these cosms. San Antonio, 
what are what are what are you hoping for? Let's not even like I think realistically, if I said realistically, <laughs> what do you think is gonna happen? It might be it might lean negative. Is there something you're hoping to see, even whether that's score wise, whether that's just how we how we shape up, whether that's how we finish? What would you, what are you hoping for, Josh? What are you hoping for in this game? I mean, obviously hoping for a win. And uh, I'm hoping just to see the team actually look like they're showing up to this game. Um, I I, I don't think it's going to be the case, but the fact that San Antonio has it locked up is probably in our best interest as far as what kind of lineup they might mm-hmm. bring out because it is a, you know, a, an away game pretty far away. They have to think about, you know, the future, uh, the playoffs. So, maybe that helps us out maybe they don't bring up their you know their best lineup for this game but then again why wouldn't they like they need all the practice they can get and build up to the playoffs so like i don't think we should count on that at all just because they have the first place locked up doesn't mean they're not going to show up to this game and want to play um so yeah probably going to be a a very hard game to win uh but i do think it can happen According to Harry, San Antonio is looking for revenge from last year's late goal to tie Dixon goal in the 90th. But he followed that up with, at this point, San Antonio will be missing Tainer and Gomez, two starters on defense. So something to keep in mind as we sort of look ahead. Um, although he said, unless the cards from last week get overturned. So they never do. Harry, we, sh- we should have just had you on. I don't know why I'm just like reading your comments. But Justin, what are your, what's your hopes for this weekend? Um, to not get blown out. I don't. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't have. Um, I'm. I'm firmly in Josh's camp from earlier of like, once you're in the playoffs, any anything can happen. Um, and so I'm not. I'm not concerned at this point about these next three games, uh, where we end up. I don't know, and I don't really care, um, because mm-hmm. anything can happen in the playoffs, and at that point, you just gotta win four games. So I am I'm banking on that a little bit of just like I hope we show up. I hope we don't get blown out. I hope it looks like good soccer because um, good soccer is fun to watch. Um, but I'm not really um, I'm not really hopeful for a win. Steve, uh, I want to see the Hounds come out and play a quality ninety plus minutes. Uh, if we don't win this game or don't get a tie in this game, it's not because we've turned off and given up a goal because of poor decision-making, poor focus. It's that we got beat by a team that just was doing the best that the best team in the league is able to do on any given day. And they're just better than us, right? Like I I don't mind losing if it's we did everything right and they just were better. Um, It's when we're giving up those goals, like we have, late in the game the past few weeks that I don't want to see that at all. So just a quality performance, play up to their level and take your shot. I'd be happy with a zero, zero draw. Again, if it's a zero, zero draw against the top team in the division that we played well the whole time and kept them from doing what they can do best. Yeah. I think I'm going to sort of combine Steve and Justin's in that I agree with the sentiment that once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. But 
I'll only believe in that if there's a team there that shows us that they've got something to prove and like do something with. And so I think even if we lose this game this weekend, which I think is a real possibility to Steve's point, if they show up and they look like a team and they look organized and they don't burn out, you know, with 10 minutes left and, they actually, you know, it's kind of like the Louisville game where mm-hmm. we ended up drawing that game, right? Yeah, zero, yeah. zero. That's what I, that's what I was yeah. saying. I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah. So we drew that game, but at least it looked like we had a plan of attack and mm-hmm. we went at them and we played for 90 minutes and like, great. I want to see that. And I want to see that next week. And I want to see that the following week. And even if we lose all three of those, which I don't mm-hmm. think we will, that at least gives me hope that we've, we're figuring something out and we're taking steps to progress forward as we head into the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to do a score prediction. I don't know if you guys want to do a score prediction. <laughs> Everyone's kind of like shaking their heads. Harry added in the, uh, in the chat that San Antonio has Riverhounds this week and next week, both on the road. So he could see a tie this week if he's being honest. So we appreciate the honesty, Harry, but I don't know if uh, or well, we might whatever that actually is. Well, yeah, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah, not um, that it's in his control, but Harry, can we make a deal? You give us three points, and then take three points from Birmingham, and all will be good. There you <laughs> go. Done and done. Yeah. Right. If we could think- guarantee San Antonio three points over the next two games, would they take it? Because that's. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it is interesting, like, the end of the season, though, especially fighting with Birmingham for playoff position, if that's where you think we're going to end up, because they also have to play Oakland, but they have to go to Oakland. Uh, They also play San Antonio the next week, and then the two games that we don't play the same opponent, uh, they host Indy the last week of the season, and then we have to go to Sacramento. So, I mean, maybe they have a slight advantage, but... um, It'll be interesting. Like it's the same, you know, two out of the three teams are the same team. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that ends up. For sure, gentlemen. Anything else you want to talk about on this one? Robbie Mertz header. Next game, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> For the win. For the win. Right. There we go. It's dest- destined right there. Yep, it is. It is destined. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Everybody for listening remember that you can be part of the conversation head over to twitter.com backslash mongols click the link in our profile to join our twitter circle for one dollar a month you get loads of additional content from us and help us cover some of our expenses 30 bucks you get the hat plus you get all that bonus stuff you get to see justin's uh game day previews much earlier than everybody else in addition to some other polls and stuff we had a poll that i didn't actually share today um that i thought was really interesting we'll save that for a later show um but if you're wondering where the polls went they're now sort of behind the the curtain so get behind the curtain as well and uh and have some fun with us weekly reminder the black lives matter we are proudly part of the beautiful game network which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer help us all keep doing what we're doing head to bgn.fm and click the donate button to help us cover our expenses we appreciate the support Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Later. Later. See you.